0: Three, two, one.
1: That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. Yes, and, 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 and now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua.
2: Hey, welcome to the podcast, Steve.
1: Thank you for having me. Asher, it's been a while. It's good to be back.
2: Yeah is your i guess that what would i say pre-pandemic guess
1: yeah i think it was back in 2020 like in the very beginning mm-hmm. uh, before everything started to really um i guess <laughs> close down yeah and i've been busy since because the fact is i knew at that point in time um everybody was leveled of mm-hmm. being grounded to a point where that was an opportunity to whatever you wanted to produce or bring forth take advantage because i i believe we'll never have that type of downtime ever again in our lifetime and I think if you didn't take advantage of it, that's like you're lost. So Netflix didn't get the best of, you know, the better half of me. You know, it got a little bit of me, but I had to allocate some time to get some things done. And I've been busy yeah. ever since.
2: That's good. I guess, how how are things for you um, being an entrepreneur and, and doing a lot of things live and in person?
1: Well, the thing is, I'm still picking and choosing what events I'm doing, you know, when I had to, I was on here before with my invention of wandering,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, mainly I was always interacting with people. So before <laughs> before the pandemic, man, I, I love hundreds and 200s of different types of faces that you could take pictures of at events and crowded and, you know, now. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be as, as spaced out as possible, mm-hmm. but I knew I had to pivot. Everybody had to pivot in the last couple of years, especially people that have businesses where it requires you to interact with people, and you couldn't. So I had to pivot, and what I did was I worked on my um, my presentation skills, my writing skills. Went um, mm-hmm. back to my passion for inventing again, and actually getting this thing going. I think the last time we talked, I was in a, in the midst of. Getting an actual patent, but I got the patent for the Wandering Ring that, that, that August. So I was excited for that. But then I think I, I learned from one of the pastors, T.D. Jakes, he said, you know, when you get the taste of finishing, that is the only way you begin to respect yourself. So I think prior to me really completing things in life, I may have never respected myself in a way to re- like really carry it through, like finish it through. And now when you get a taste of completion, now you're so eager to be like, you know what, what's next? And yeah. that's what I've been using that motto.
2: That's awesome. I, I scrolled a little bit on your Instagram and I, I saw a lot of the inventions and um, different clothing and things like that that you're you're putting out. And I was like, it's good to see that. It's good to see that your your creativity keeps going and that your energy keeps coming through.
1: I think in life, most people gotta understand, they gotta ask themselves, what is their passion? You know, what what gets them going? Not the current job that they're in. And some people may love the job that they're in,
0: mm-hmm.
1: mental stability. Uh look at the world now, a lot of people's mindsets are very, very um tainted because of hurt, pain, and maybe they could not, you know, have the opportunity to exercise their passion. Right. I was talking to other day. he was saying that um, <laughs> he wanted to be a zoologist. And I, and I said, man, I remember you talked about that. But right now he's working in a job where it's taking a lot of his time, but that's where his passion is at. And mm-hmm. I think in life, we want to be in a position where what we're doing is what we really want to do versus like if they paid me or they didn't pay me, would you enjoy doing it? But I think the way how society is now, it's like, well, if I don't get this amount of money, I won't do this work. But where's your passion? And that's the whole thing. I had to really get back to that basics of understanding my passion.
2: Yeah. Did you, I guess, in the time that you spent understanding what your passion is, asking yourself the question, and I guess maybe, did you have to pursue different avenues or how'd you go about doing that?
1: First, you got to start for one thing yourself. So I started getting books on my mentals. I actually wrote a couple books while I was at it too. Uh, one called Act and Grow Belief. And that book was really, you know, the title says it, enough of it because everybody's familiar with Napoleon Hill, "Think and Grow Rich. And don't get me wrong, it's an awesome book. Mm-hmm. Very great. But a lot of times people think themselves out of action. So mm-hmm. when I put it in my title, Act and Grow believe. that means, you know, you start to put forth the action even before the feeling comes. A lot of times people wait to feel like they want to do it. Half the time, I don't feel like doing nothing. Yeah. But what I do, act. And then what that happens is it, it allows your body to re- start to get into motion. When your body starts to get to the motion, then after a while, the things that you do, you start to believe in what you're doing and you're seeing the results. And you're like, oh, I want to keep on doing it. But if you just go off of thinking alone, you can think yourself out of a good plan, a bad plan, a good idea, the next move. And yeah. time doesn't wait for nobody. So. You got to make the decision. All right, what I'm going to do. And it's a shot clock, you know, just like if he was playing basketball, 24 second shot clock, either dribble, pass or shoot. Most people hold on to the ball and most people hold on to their thoughts. So I had to let, I had to let everything go. And then also don't limit yourself. I didn't put no chain on a padlock of the creativity I had. I went from um, wandering, patting that to me, you know, coming out with a, um, I I fell in 2019, I invented a a hand massager for for your neck and for your back Mm -hmm. out of tennis balls because I've, I've learned that tennis ball massages has a, a great um, effect on muscle knots. But mm-hmm. the, the, the problem with that is that the tennis balls go all over the place. Yeah. So my whole concept was like, what can I create to house the balls to stay in one location that you can have full control of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what it came about. I think I was getting the oil change at Midas at the time. And then yeah. talking about my, you know, out of nowhere, I said, I gotta, I gotta make this thing happen. So, uh, so yeah, your creativity your passion is one thing that you got to continue to keep, keep going no matter what.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. For anyone that doesn't know you or hasn't met you before, who do you say you are?
1: Um, it's funny. I was waiting for that question. I think I was listening to a couple of your previous podcasts, and I think you asked a couple people, and I think one of the answers, uh, one of the first, they said, I am me. And I, that's not the first time I heard that. Mm-hmm. I heard that when I used to listen to... Um, the success success magazine CDs they come in with the with the actual magazine, and I remember the guy that is the owner of success. He said that was his answer. I am me. Well, when I think about Steve, the legacy. First of all, I think about. Um, a, a ball of energy that that wants to harness all the power that God has given it, so that it doesn't benefit just Himself, but the people around you. I, I'm like a beacon. I call myself a dynamo. I don't need anything charging me up. I charge people up. Mm. However, within that dynamo type of standpoint, you have to be around the environment where you can draw energy while you're producing energy to be able to attract. So I just think when it comes to me, is that I'm a ball of energy that utilizes the source, which is you know God Almighty to be able to allow myself to really extend and help inspire people to be what they was designed to be not what they thought or what they think, what they designed to be. Everybody's here for a reason, but a lot of times people don't tap into where they, you know, what they're supposed to be doing until it's last minute or they never tap into it because they get so distracted. So um, I, I just want to be the example. I had to show up and be who I am because who I was looking for, I couldn't find. I'm going to say that again. I had to show up and to be who I am as we speak today because the person I was looking to find, I couldn't find. couldn't find that person. I couldn't find that inventor that can help me and put me up under the ring. I couldn't find that person that was right in books and, and be able to bring them up underneath his wing and, and teach me how to write books. I couldn't find that game developer, that board game de- that teach me how to design games. I had to become it. So I had call myself that beacon.
2: Mm. That uh, that's You brought up two great points, but just to hit on the last one that you brought up, at what point did you realize that you had to become what it is you were seeking?
1: When I couldn't find them. I was looking for that person. I think we all will want to have that mentor, mm-hmm. that one that will help you throughout the the, the trial and error of whatever you're trying to achieve in life. Sometimes they show up. Now the whole saying they always said that when a student is ready to teach the prepare, I've been ready mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. But I haven't seen a teacher, right? And sometimes it gets discouraging because it's like, you know, you want that, that, uh, that mentor, you want that. And I'm not saying that they're not out there, you know, they all got price tags to come with them. I mean, the way how they package, but mm-hmm. just the one that's looking for me. But when I was looking for somebody for me, I couldn't find them. I had to figure out, all right, how am I going to do this? But same with the patent situation. You know, patent lawyers want $450 an hour just to talk. I didn't have that. They want $13,000 for a patent. I didn't have that. So what's the best thing I can do? Using skill sets from places and people I used to work for and me using those skill sets to help me get my own patent. Breaking Mm -hmm. things down into manageable pieces. Most people don't break down things into manageable pieces. They see the big monumental thing. And then from there, you know what? I, I don't think I can do it. And they quit.
2: Yeah. The the reason I ask that is is just for that very reason because a lot of times it, it feels I don't know if it if it comes with age or with the environment, but sometimes depending on, on where you're at in life, some sometimes you sometimes it, it may feel like I really wish somebody would show up to help me do this. I really wish. And it's like you can stay having that conversation for a long time and it really doesn't do anything to benefit you but unless you can get outside yourself for a moment or energize yourself to say hey okay i'm not finding these people or the people that i see i can't afford them or we just can't connect but i've got to become what it is that i want like uh, uh, at times it, it feels like it's it can be difficult to make that that shift to say okay this is where i want to go it's not happening I've got to change and take the action necessary to become that or at least get closer to it than I am now. Now, I feel you.
1: For example, Ashley, personally, do you know a game designer that creates board games?
2: I do not. Well, I know you.
1: You know me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Do you know anybody personally that got a patent themselves? You. See, outside of that, and that's what I didn't have at arm's reach. You know, I knew of my kind, my people, of the ones from the past that have gotten patents. But a lot of times, and this is another thing, when I told you about the Dynamo, mm-hmm. I not got my patent myself, but now I teach people how to get patents too, because that was the person I was looking for too. And my culture, my community, who's that person that goes to, person that, oh, if somebody looked like me that's trying to get a patent for the idea, who to go to? Mm-hmm. The only two options we have, and I know offhand is either Davison, that you go in Google right now, or Event Help, which you're going to see the advertising in no matter what. And those two companies been around for the longest of years. But I've been through that process where they can get you started on the track for the race, mm. but they are not always be there at the finish line. And when I come in that to the point where, since I touch every document that came from the patent office, I know what to expect. The great, the great thing about being blessed with the process of me actually doing is that I got rejected and I overcome that rejection. Imagine if I got through perfect flying colors, and I don't know what to experience when you do get rejected and how that feel. Cause I really felt horrible. Mm-hmm. And my girl, she reminded me of what I said. She said, what was one of your seven steps to, to success? Find out what you need to know to get the answer. I said, you're right. Let me find out what I need to know to correct this. When I get all the facts, then you go forth and make it happen. Most people operate with opinions, not having the facts and everything. And that's why things don't get started. So I had to get the facts. And the sad part, and then the most amazing part is the facts are out there. It's just that you learn how to ask the right questions. Right. Most people know how to ask the right questions. And that's why we don't get the answers
2: that we're looking for. Mm. Was Was it difficult like going through the process of asking the right questions? And did you find yourself becoming a different person or different in the way that you thought or started approaching the situation, the more hurdles you came across? It wasn't difficult.
1: What it was was that when you put yourself or what you want into question format then it starts to make sense. I mean, mm-hmm. say it again, put what you want in question format. Well, if I'm going to do this, how can I, or what if I do this? What do I need? Wording in the, the questions like that. First of all, it gets the engine going. Mm-hmm. Second of all, it puts you in the right direction. That's why a lot of times, even most speakers, they always say that all you need to know is your why, that how to get there, that what, all that other stuff that comes later. And you always say to yourself like, how did that, and what did that come later? Like, what are you talking about? No, when you find out why you want what you want, the what and everything else comes and the how comes later. And I'm like, it's true. Yeah. The how it just, it just comes. And, and it's amazing when you see it, but your why has to be very grounded and focused. Like right now, I'm tell you about speed. Success. Somebody told me um a while about a while ago, success loves speed, right? So I can say that I am a, a full-on professional game board designer. Not no one one and done. He had a nice little lucky. No. I just recently created another board game in less than 24 hours. All that took for me is three hours to get the rules, the gameplay. And now when you know where to go from the first experience, it gets quicker. See, that's why people gotta get they gotta get things moving. When it first started, when I first wrote my first book, it took me almost like six to seven months to even get that together. The second mm-hmm. book I wrote, it took me two months. And then just recently, it took me almost like three weeks. See, when you get better at what you're doing, it gets faster. You can produce more. And you you know where. You know where it looks like to see the finish line. So now it mm-hmm. doesn't make you feel like, oh, I don't have to be hesitant. That's why when I did a TED Talk recently, uh, May 7th to be exact, I already seen myself there. My girl had a dream last year that I was already on the stage already. Mm-hmm. But I had to see myself there first before I actually um, allow myself to be in that present time. In reality, that's why I said a lot of times most people don't realize that most inventors, they create things three times. Once yeah. in their mind, second on the paper, and the third one is in, in, in your hands. So we got to take that with everything we do.
2: Yeah. I think it's great that you bring up the TED Talk, because I remember in our first conversation, just um, putting out the request and you responding. And I think one of the things that you'd said to me that stood out was you're always prepared, always ready, always working on having something to say, having, whether it's an analogy, having a message to give. And it's being in that, in uh, how do they say, being in the lab, being, Mm -hmm. creating that, in your mind first and then afterwards like making it making it more tangible
1: when you live what you talk about you always become it. Mm. i don't use scripts on, that's the first time i did a script for the ted talk because it's a structure of how you do your presentation on ted talk but once you get the structure down pat you know i have to show the video if you didn't see it once you get the structure down pat um everything else flows but before that's the first time you having to really recite, and I haven't recited anything since I think my eighth grade play when I played the Prince and Cinderella. Other than other than that, it's off the dome. You give me a topic, I do research on the actual information, mm-hmm. all right, you do the platform, and let's go. But this one had to be structured in a way where they had to follow the flow. You had to have a transcript along with it so that they could make sure that you're on point and everything. So it was a nice little animal, but I was able to conquer it. Like right now, they <laughs> they have it on on standby to actually post the other version. In my video because they want to make sure I wasn't soliciting. I was not mm-hmm. soliciting. Saying right. what I have, what I was able to accomplish after I started to understand my genius or my creativity. So now they got to figure out making sure that I wasn't soliciting, but I'm just showing you what has been done. I don't care if you buy it, you not buy it, but I'm wanting to show you what's, what's because I noticed that you don't hear a lot of the people that have been successful um, until probably down the line when they want to do the autobiography or when they want to do, you know, a documentary or something like that. Other than that, you don't hear about it. Like, for example, right. I didn't know the game Phase 10. I still never played it. I bought it. I bought the game recently. But I know Phase 10 was invented by a black guy. It took me. I found out last year. But as soon as I found out that I found out that it was a black guy that invented it, I said, I got to have that game. <laughs> and that's one. I created 201 in less than two days, too, as well, because I'm like... All right. When he he said that he looked at the success from Uno and he said, I got to compete with Uno because I've seen the success. Mm-hmm. So there, he's number two in the country. I mean, number two in the world for his card games. Uno, number one. Number three is Skippo. I'm trying to knock Skippo off the off the map with the two and one and mm-hmm. try to go for the title too as well. But I like mm-hmm. this. It was us. OK, I see somebody that looks similar to me.
0: Yeah,
1: it's possible. The guy that created Uno. He was selling out the trunk of his car before he got his big break at the barbershop. So it's like, when you know, and that's another thing, when you study these people and understand their backstory and not just be envious about their lifestyle, how much money they got. You want to find out how, what they had to do to get there. And that's how you make sure you find out that you're on the right track. I'm on the right track. Even though I would would want to be right now, but I'm getting in a position where, say you get that call tomorrow, that call that they want you to come down and they want you to have, I'm set. So what my thing is to go on this segment, you got to be prepared even when you're not prepared. Right.
2: That's what I believe. It's funny I, uh, when you when you speak about being prepared. Last year, late last year, we had a uh, men's retreat with Prayer Warriors Global. It's like mm-hmm. the they created it into a five hundred one c three. I think through maybe during 2020 but basically the prayer line's been around for like 20 plus years maybe closing in on 30 years at this point but something that they kept wanting to do with the retreat was someone had the idea organized it and said okay this should be a place for men to be able to come together fellowship and be able to get away from the world for a bit but also be poured into and it's like the way that you can make it happen it's like People have to be willing to pay for it. But this time around, it's the structure was put in place to where there would be presentations. There would be there's always time for you to be able to hang out and and meet people that you talk to on the phone regularly throughout the year. But you've never seen in person and just being able to have those interactions and things like that. Something that came up was one of the guys set up in person mics to be able to do a podcast podcast. And I've never done a podcast in person. And it's the last three episodes, like two of the episodes I recorded there. And one of the guys just asked me, it's like, Hey, you want to try it out? And I was like, sure. And one of the guys that I, the first guy that I recorded with Chris Crump had written down in my notes before, like back three years ago that I wanted to interview him. And then there's the opportunity presented right there. And it's, It's just that reminder that whenever the opportunity presents itself, you have to be ready. And even if you're not ready, you have to go with it. But something that I listened to earlier today said um, these guys were having a discussion about how to get funding. And one thing that they talked about that movies kind of do a disservice to people is that everyone thinks it's like you have this great story, this highlight, and it's kind of grandiose where it's like at the end of the movie, the credits roll And that's it. Everyone's like, they have the things like, oh, and this happened and that happened. But one of the things they said, it's like when you get the opportunity or you get the money that you were asking for, like similar to me being able to do a podcast in person, it's like now you actually have to do something like you have to run that business. You have to do that. And you're never going to see that in a movie like after the credits roll, like there's there's still work to be done. So after these years, seeing you continue to build upon what it is that you've done, and just continue to be that ball of, that ball of energy to just continue to learn, study people, and build upon what it is that you have—that's that, very—that's very encouraging to see.
1: No, I, I really appreciate it, and I, I like that backstory you said about that. Um, I think brotherhood period is, is much needed, especially now more than anything. Yeah, but uh, just to have that opportunity—that's kind of good. I um I realized, you know, in life, first of all, we get this one opportunity to be here, right? At this particular time. And if, like, if you talk about movies, you know, I'm, I'm a movie buff. It's always that beginning and that climax and then redemption and then, you know, strong ending. Mm-hmm. I look at life like that. You know, you have the beginning and trying to figure things out, trying to see what you like, what you don't like. You got some people that get conformed to the status quo. You know, I was there, I think I did like a five-year bid of being conformed. Until that passion inside of you start to be like, yo, it's more to life than this. And you get that itch and you have to scratch it. If you don't scratch it, you'd be miserable. I noticed that if I don't create, I have a, I'm a I'm not a happy camper. If I don't have and I knew that something was missing years ago when I stopped creating, because you get so, especially working for corporate, you get so um uh, hooked up with management and you're forgetting your purpose of why you was here, and you know something's missing. And I knew it was the it was the freedom I call it now. It was a freedom to create. And the reason why I call it a freedom because most people don't have that freedom because their time is allocated to something else. I thank God for the freedom to create. They have to, because even when you create a board game, let alone writing a book, you have to be detailed and have that think time to know how the thing is going to play Remember, you're creating something that other people are going to play, not just you. And you got to think of all these different elements and all these different ins and outs. That's a lot of detail, think time and think power. When you have that distraction or trying to conform to the status quo, stuff like that will never exist. That's why I was wondering, like, why, like, a lot of these board games are old as dirt. Look at Uno. Uno was like back in the 70s -hmm. and then phase 10 back in the 80s. Nobody tried to come out with trying to compete or condemn Hello, 201. That's a, somebody had to come out from the I understand. We could clap. They had a nice little ring, champion for all them years. Oh, it's a new kid on the block now. You know, let's see what we can do. Yeah. But you have to have that think time to do it. You have to have that freedom to be creative, you know, uh, without people putting that 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 thumb on your back or saying that you're not good. So I always learned that um through the life of difficulties, birth opportunities. So be on the lookout for difficulties because there's your opportunities right around the corner.
2: Mm-hmm. How have you learned to embrace difficulties?
1: By understanding it, what lesson am I going to, I got to go from the question, what lesson am I about to learn from this? Mm. What's the experience? Uh, what's the story? I always look at, what's the story I can use when in time, when 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 you have made it, you know, and that's how you get your analogies together. That's how you get your story learning. That's how when you start to speak, you have a story for a lot of different things. That's why a lot of times I kind of tag in some movies or some of my speeches or some experiences because. You're going through the ins and outs. I mean, I'm a Rocky fan. You know, I I like Creed too as well. And Mm -hmm. the reason why is because of the fact, not just because of the fighting scenes or the scenes of what he's training, but it's just the hunger. You know, a lot of people are not hungry anymore. And at one point, I wasn't hungry. I mean, we just get, you know, into the routine. That's why I don't even like holidays like that. I make my own, I create my own (laughs) holidays. I don't have to be national. Why I got to celebrate what everybody else celebrated. Create my own. Why I got to wait every year for... A birthday. Every day could be a birthday. I remember one mentor one time. I was working with Prime America one time. He was like, yeah, you're so hype about your birthday, but you broke, right? <laughs> how, how you feel? How you feel? You feel good, right? Imagine if you had the money you want. Your birthday could be every day. Why you got to wait for this one day? And you feel like you're broke. And I had, to, I had to take it on the chin. I had to take it on the chin. I didn't like how it sounded. I didn't like the bank account, but also I didn't like my lack of creativity. Um, Once again, every man, every woman has some type of passion they have in a, in a system. And if they don't tap into it, there are going to be situations where things in life are going to be difficult because they're doing something that they was not here to be doing. So the whole question is you got to find out what you're supposed to be doing. What is your passion? What do you give? Yeah. You know, and once you define that, then the first day of the new day of your new life will start to begin.
2: I like that. How do you how do you have fun with the work that you do Um, whenever it's like, you you know, you have the whenever you're going to create something, you have the excitement phase or you have the aha moment like, oh, this would be a great idea. But then it's like you've got to kind of you've got to do the research phase and then you have to actually like trial, do the trial and error and be like, okay, this is working, this is working, this is not good or like, oh, man, okay, I've got to start all over or like this didn't work. Let's do it again. You Let's know, do it the thing
1: again. What, I, what I love about it is that when you sit back and see the growth, like, for example, when two and one first came out, the logo looked like this. And I thought it was the best thing since like, prayer. I'm like, man, I'm ready. This is logo, This is what we're going to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Then I say, you know what? I'm going to try to get the logo a little bit better. Have it like that. Mm. I think I'm cool. I think I'm satisfied. I think I'm content. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You want to be the best. You got to keep on growing yourself. So now I said, this is going to be the card. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way. The journey. It's always, why do you think they call it the pursuit to happiness? They didn't say that when you get pain, it's the pursuit, the journey of, of working towards it. When I had to come up with the formula and the process of how to install tennis balls without them losing air pressure mm. to one of the rack, that took trying to, I murdered a whole lot of tennis balls that first day. A lot of them died. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't stand for <laughs> it. And we all had a funeral and everything for them. But I tell you, after, that, I think the 15th ball I killed, I finally got it. So it's the pursuit. And then also people ain't gonna gravitate right away. And this is what you learn. You got the early adopters. Mm-hmm. No, first you got, the, you got the innovators. Then you got the early adopters. Then you got the rest of the people. And the early adopters, they see things coming. Like, like for example, we missed that NFT wave. We, we we toe dip it. You know, people jump full force in that thing. Now, a lot of scandals going on with that. So another story for another day. But anyway, when it first came out, it was like, wait, what is this thing? You know what I'm saying? Like, but the people that was like early adopters gravitate to it. They're like, yo, I'm jumping here. For-. And they made it. The, they made their money. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like what you're trying to do in life. You know, are you going to toe dip or are you going to jump here first? The benefit of jumping in heads first versus toe dipping is that you keep on putting your toe in that water, your toe going to keep getting cold. But when you dump your whole body in that water, the body temperature, your body starts to regulate with the water. So now you're okay, you're okay, but you got to jump all the way in. You can't just put half the body in. You're still going to be good. You know how you get in and you are like, oh, get your body in that thing. Even getting in in a cold shower. "Yeah, Yeah, just get in there. And now look, now they got studies saying, oh, cold showers, um, help really regulates the, the nerves of the body now oh wow like yeah, <laughs> they had to do that before they somebody had been in um a, a hot water tank right so we've been taking, we've been using cold showers forever. but yeah i am um, i think the journey the pursuit is one of the most rewarding things that you can't really put a price to
2: I like that what was the what was the the um tedx experience like for you
1: it was surreal uh, what I had to do first, and nobody, else, there was no other speakers that was doing this right. Everybody was going in other rooms. Why are they going in other rooms practicing? Shouldn't you be practicing on the stage? We had we didn't even get a chance to be on the stage. We, would, we did Zoom calls for practice and rehearsals for like a month. Mm-hmm. So the first time we saw the stage was the same day that we was going to get on stage. So mm-hmm. you mean to tell me, I'm not going to take advantage of that. Showtime is at 11, right? Mm-hmm. We did at 9 o'clock. Everybody practicing in all these different rooms. You're not doing a performance in them other rooms. You got to do it. So what I did was I, I act out my walk to the stage. I act out my position of where I'm going to be at. I, I, everything that you've seen on the video, if I show you the video, I did that four or five times before I actually did it because I'm visual now, don't get me wrong. I love my other people that did the thing, but they was not as comfortable. Mm-hmm. There was not, they didn't get the feel. I felt the, the red dot, the carpet feel of my, my, my foot on the red dot, I had to feel that. The placement where I stood at, the way I had my arms, um, my walk, my stroll mm-hmm. had to be confident. If I, I would have walked on that that, that platform with um, a stroll that was not confident, my whole speech would be all knocked out. I had to go in there like I own the stage. If you don't do that, what you do in life, we going to eat you up. Fear going to eat you up. I said in my last interview, I said, when fear comes, you better show your plan. But you better have a plan to show the fear. If you don't have a plan for the fear, the fear going to eat you up. No matter what you say, got to have a plan because the fear is going to tell you all oh, what if it don't work. And your plan, you're going to know it's going to work. 'Cause I had no plan B. It has to work where it has to work. Hmm. That's it.
2: I'd say just say that say the last part about fear one more time, but a when, little when fear
1: when fear comes, when it comes inside your system, and it's gonna always come, you gotta be prepared. A lot of people are not prepared when fear comes, in, and that's why they go by the wayside. So in order to combat fear, you show him your plan. You have the plan and show fear the plan. They got to get out the way. Fear has mm-hmm. to move because he knows exactly what he's trying to do. I can't come at him that way. I may have come to another way, but even the other way is gonna be protected. Why? Because the plan has it. That's why in my seven steps to goal setting, step three is list the obstacles and adversities that you have to face. If you already know offhand what you have to face as for as obstacles and adversity, then what are you fearful for? You already have it mapped out already. It it should be one of them things when it comes. Like, I knew it. Sorry. Okay, a little earlier than expected, but I know exactly how to handle that. That Versus, oh my gosh, what what to do now?
2: Yeah. It's funny. I I caught an interview earlier. Um, I'm going to misremember the name, but it was an interview that they had with Elon Musk, and they were asking him how he feels about fear. And he says that fear is something that he feels readily, but that despite feeling it, he goes... He goes with it like i think he was saying in order to start his um spacex company or tesla there is like a 10 percent chance that he might succeed but more than likely it's like that's probably not going to work out but again back to that reason of why like just having a desire or believing in something strong enough to say i'm gonna start and i'm gonna put my all into it because i guess there's always the the fear from wanting to be safe, secure, and not wanting to mess up what you have in life. But sometimes it's like, what you what you don't have is, it is what it is, but I guess what, what you could have could be a little bit better. And if you're not fearful of it, maybe you shouldn't bother with it.
1: I feel you on that one. My man Jim Rohn said it best. He said, life is risky. <laughs> Going out the door is risky. You can't yeah. get out of life alive, so everything's risky. So the thing is, you want to have your chances that you take in life. Take the risk. I'll, I'll say that, you know, even if it doesn't work out, you have a story to tell. <laughs> Add to your stories. You want to be a story storyteller. You always know, say you want to be a storyteller. Yeah. And if you don't have any story to tell, that means you're not doing enough work. I'm going to say it again. If you don't have a story to tell, that means you're not doing enough work. You, you should have a story where everything that you do. Some type of experience, whether good or bad, so you can help somebody else in that process. If you don't have that, then you're not even helping yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I think... I heard one of the interviews from success magazine that the owner said his father was like, asked him, how was your day? You know? And he said, yeah, I didn't fall down at one time when I was skating. He said, you didn't learn nothing. You figure, Oh, I didn't fall down. I should be a pro. No, you didn't learn nothing. You didn't experience nothing. You didn't, you, you didn't know how to adapt. You didn't know how to pivot, uh, learn how to fall. It's like sometimes you think it's bad English, but no, because I looked at my daughter, for example. I remember the first time she started freaking out when Wi-Fi died. I think I didn't have that problem when I was a kid. You know, they freak out. Wi-Fi get cut. It's like the end of the world, right? So yeah. I said, you know, later on, I'm going to teach you how to troubleshoot first. You didn't know what that meant. Before you tap me, I want you to do this, this, and this. And if it still doesn't work after that, then come get me. She didn't ever tap me. Why? Because I told her how to troubleshoot, overcome that. Versus, oh, it's broke. You know, babies, you can't tell them nothing. That thing's not working. They just throw down. They they throw that whole, break that whole thing up. You can't tell them because they have impatient. We have that microwavable um, type of success of what we want in life, and I've learned through the hard way. And I think this is the pain point of not understanding the farm life is that everything doesn't just happen in 30 seconds. It takes time to nurture, to develop this stuff. The reason why I can produce faster now is because it took me a long time to figure this crap out. Find out who I need to talk to. Get my illustrators down. Um, my connects to get the, the boxes or um, who's going to design this and design the cars. It takes time. But once you do that legwork, you'll be like, uh, I want to come out with this. That's why I say I can't wait till I get the big office one day where my room is only going to be windows and a chair. No desk. Mm-hmm. And they're going to they're gonna walk past my room like, what he does in there? He's a thinker. We're waiting for our next idea. We're giving him an hour. He'll have it. But he don't have nothing to- just just window. That's all he needs. He needs windows in the chair and his little whiteboard. That's all he needs. We leave him alone. Let's just crack the door, but let's move down to the hallway for the rest of the people. Then I, I come a couple of hours later, I got the next, the next hottest game. They're ready for it? Ready to present. Just give me my time to think. And that's why I knew I needed that, that I didn't have when I worked in corporate America and when I was going through life struggles with relationships and, you know, everyday life situations, a piece of me was gone. Once I got that piece back, it kind of balanced life back to where it needs to be at. And that's what I learned from there.
2: Like, how did, um, I think I might've asked you this earlier today, but going through the the pandemic area, 2020 to 2021, maybe some of 2022, what what was that like for you? I know you mentioned having to ask yourself the questions and get back into being more creative, but what is it that you you did to keep yourself reinvigorated? and, And what is it that you continue to do now to not allow yourself to settle? Um, That's a good question.
1: I think what I did was I kept ordering books, old books at that, books on the mind, books on life, books on time, Mm. books on auto-conditioning. Um, got this one book I paid, I think, a quarter for called 20 Minute Retreats. So I'm taking little retreats in my mind. Mm. And the luxury of that was that when you take these retreats, these thoughts came to my head and gravitate. When I first um, realized everything was shutting down during the pandemic, I was in the bathroom and some just said, they're going to need some masks, man. What if I could find somewhere that I could start selling the mask? I designed the website in less than an hour, taking orders. It was so quick. But it's like you had to be in that, that 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 hunger position. A lot of people right. wasn't hungry. Uh, you got to always be hungry. Um, you never be content. You be satisfied to the point mm-hmm. where, all right, cool. Like, for example, when I got the patent in the mail, that same feeling I got when it came in the mail, I had that feeling already before I even got the patent. So I said to myself, Dad, I was waiting for some type of... More of a hurrah. And I said, No, you already had that feeling before you even had the, the physical version in your hand because you already claimed that you was gonna have it in your mind. So why would you expect a different feeling or emotion because now you see it on paper? You already believed that you had it before you had it. So I said to myself, On everything I do, I'm believing I have the success before I have it. Now you want to enjoy it, don't get me wrong, but you don't want to stay there. You always want to know that somebody else is competing, trying to be better. Somebody else is trying to go out there. Like, for example, I want a taggy award now. I found out what a taggy award. Taggy Award is a toy Oscar, like. Like if you was in the Oscar room of things for us, well, mm-hmm. this is a toy version of Oscar. I want to tag you now. And I believe in the, in the midst of the things I've been creating, I could be, I could be in a run for it, you know? So and you start to look like, all right, I want that. And then also on a black, um, adventures thing, I want more exposure of, of empowering, um, the black inventors. Like most people don't know more than five if that mm-hmm. black inventors. And, Half the stuff that we use on everyday uses involved them. But now we want to quit that. I want to create that awareness because I'm like, I'm a, I'm a patent inventor, first generation. I need to get that out there. People need to talk. Now you're gonna have those people be like, oh, why are you single out saying this to blah blah blah? Hold up. If we don't support ourselves, who else gonna do it? Hmm. A lot of that stuff was hidden from the history books. I, I went to school, I told I told people on Ted in the TED Talk, the point that inspired me to invent was Steve Rurkle, a fictional character that was created by some studio that inspired me. I didn't hear about George Washington Carver, all them people. I got to high school and that was it's like a little uh seed worth of knowledge but it's like man look at all that so now I want to give hope to the possibility of you never know who's the next George Washington Carver that's probably grown up but don't know exactly what to do I want to be that plug I want to be that connection I want to be like look they talk talking about 15,000 for this, this patent. How about we cut all that in half and you do this, bada bing, bada boom. You want to spend not even close to that, mm. not even a fraction of it. How would that feel like? How would that sound? That'd probably be more inviting. Why? Because that guy, Steve, he's been there before. He has proof. He can talk to talk that he's talking because he has done it. He touched every document. He's not a person that's trying to throw fumes up and, and give you all these high hopes of things and then leave you hung, hung, hung on dry. No. He's doing it. That's why I'm always talking about not talking to brag, but saying that if I can do it, you can do it. When is the last time somebody told you that? If I could do something, you can do it. Nobody don't sit around telling you, family members, don't family members don't even do that, you know? And half the time they're not even for you or friends. And you gotta understand that too. That's why a lot of people gotta understand when they get into this realm of things, something that's different outside the norm is not always inviting to the net the, the person that, that was with you your friends because the thing about it and this is why i always thought was it me am i the one that's changed no what happens is you're forcing them to have to change if they want to be around you that's the problem the problem is not you coming out with the no the people now that i can't come at him this way like i used to i have to change and i don't feel like changing so then what we're going to do is we're going to say man you changed yeah I (laughs) i did change i got better and i i'm on an express train that has no stops Either you catch up and jump on the back of it and, and, and hold on for dear life, let's go. But it's not a local train; this is express train. The train is moving. Can't wait for you. I'm sorry, I was wait. there before. Yeah, I was the local train station at one point. Come on, man, do this, man. Yo, you do this. You went. Ha- some people have it. Some people don't. And what I mean by that, some people have the hunger, and some people don't. I'm not saying they don't have the passion. Everybody mm-hmm. got passion with something, but a lot of people don't have hunger.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's the difference.
2: What What's your experience been like working with being? Being able to work with people that have the passion and the hunger and willingness to get it done and you being in a position to say, okay, here's what I've done, here's how you can do it. They actually listen to you and follow through and on what they say they want to do.
1: Well, I'm glad it's a good question you asked, Asha. I'm still waiting for those type of people. What I get a lot of times is people that have this. Is, I get more pictures of them trying to sell me their ideas than anything. Mm. You get a lot of people that don't want to do late work. They got a lot of people that are just like, oh, I got this idea. I only take 40%. You can have 60 So I could do all the work. Are you serious? <laughs> Yo, I, and I said to myself, I'm like, man, I got two companies that will probably would love to take all your money for that. Davidson and Event Help. Let them do that. But I'm for the person that's trying to figure out how to do this thing. I can hold your hand, but I can't do everything for you. Mm-hmm. And God is going to send those people right now. It's like, guys, like, look, get your stuff out there. So work as much as you can. Build as much as you can. Right. Because one thing I learned best from one of the guys by the name is Nehemiah Davis, he said the great thing about when you create something digital or tangible is that you do it one time and get paid on it forever. When the last time you thought about that? You know, if you work at a nine to five job in order to get that same check that you got the previous week, you got to put forth the same amount of hours. I took me what? How many hours to create the two-in-one game? I sell one for what? Oh, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I, sell, I, I sell one for about uh $15 to $20 constantly over and over again. But it took one time to make it. And when I got that psychic in my mind saying, create something one time and get paid on forever, I'm like, yo, I got to find more things to create. Mm-hmm. You want to have a catalog of stuff. They are, yeah. always showing us their stuff. Yeah, finger hub book coming in the mail and they all. Always want to buy stuff that we, come on? Everybody's always selling something. Why you can't be the one selling it? Could be your skill set, it could be services, it could be products, it could be digital, it could be tangible, it could be physical. Something that you have, as far as knowledge and expertise, in, you can be selling it. Well, however, if you don't have the right mindset of how to package it, then I understand that's a different story for another, another day. But don't say that there's not opportunities there. And, and right. Great, you said the most great scripture said it best. Seek and you shall find. See, I don't knock on a door. I kick doors in. I always tell people, and it, you know, it's not even a joke. I'm just serious. I don't ask for permission. I ask for forgiveness. Asking for permission stops you. Asking for permission, asking for forgiveness, give you mercy. A lot of stuff I do, I don't ask for permission. Oh, I'm like, oh, I know. I'm sorry. But now that you see <laughs> me. How can we do it? No, don't be asking for no permission. Ask for forgiveness. You get more mercy by that. You ask permission. Yeah, can, I, can I do it? No, you can't do it. You're like, oh, versus I did it. Why you do that? Oh, I, I thought if I could do it. Oh, wait, what you do again? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. And then you go, <laughs> no, come on. See, come on. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nah, mm-mm. Can't ask for permission. I I don't even think the world really respects people asking for permission on certain things. Now, certain things I say in the household, yes. But if you notice, a lot of times when you had these interviews with people that had made it, you'd be like, well, what gave you the courage or the the actual inspiration? I (laughs) got (laughs) to eat. I was homeless. I mean, look at Tyler Perry, billionaire, right? Who? We all look at the lavish life. I know you've probably seen his house and everything he got for as the studio and everything like that. Beautiful, beautiful. But are you willing to be homeless for two years? We love Steve Harvey. He's on all these different TV shows. He's on this and bada bing, bada boom. Steve got everything on him. But are you willing to starve and have to fish in other people's lake and cook him the dinner on a, on a friggin' park grill to eat and live out your car? Or are you going to do that? Don't say I love this and don't want to do that. It's not always sales every day. Some days you have zero, but it's the pursuit of getting the sales. What am I going to do? How many contests? Now, if, if, and this is what I say to myself if my numbers are low, am I asking for the business? If I ask enough people, how many no's you get today, Steve? If you didn't get a lot of no's, then you know you're doing something wrong. I didn't say yeses. I said no's. Why? Because if you go through a whole lot of no's, eventually you're going to find nice little yeses in between. But if you don't go through a lot of no's because you're so scared and reluctance, so you're like, oh, I don't. I don't, want to get, I don't want to get turned down, no. Then your odds of getting yeses is really depleted. So how many knows I'm going to get? I ask family and friends every time. They tell me no. Okay, cool. Because I remember they're going to be the same ones that down the line, I knew he could do that. I just, you know, <laughs> and look, We were just talking the other day and I said, man, you got it. And they come in. Kevin Hart said it best. They come. You know what I'm saying? The credits come, you know what I mean? But you gotta be focused and know that you know. No matter what, people are gonna talk about you whether good or bad anyway. The whole goal is to stay in the conversation. Ah, let me say that again. People gonna talk about you good or bad anyway. It doesn't matter. The whole goal is to stay in the conversation. And you know why? You always wanna be relevant. The day that you're not relevant is the day that, hey, he ain't doing enough. When you're doing enough, that's what I heard that. Spotlight, spotlight. When yeah. you ain't doing nothing, they ain't worrying about you. The light ain't coming your way. <laughs> like You ain't even doing nothing. Now, I want to do something, not to, to be hated on, but to do something like that. He always, another book? I had a guy from yeah. one of the news stations here. I went on and I presented my game back in 2021, uh, Dictionary Daddy. And that, you know, that was a great thing, building with my, my daughter. But when I came out of my my recent game before this other game, he's like, another game? (laughs) If I'm not producing something wrong, you got to check on me. If I'm not producing, you got to be like, Steve, everything okay? Because I see you're not producing anything. Yeah, right now, everything's okay. The day you see I'm not creating anymore, something wrong. You better go tap me. Yo, something wrong.
2: (laughs) I think what's powerful that you said about producing and something that it's something that you have to keep on doing because it's, it's, it can be misleading whenever you, you want to get to where, okay, you're in a place of discomfort. You want to be more comfortable. Like if you're homeless, you want to not be homeless, but it's that having that continual pursuit. I think some people might miss that in the fact that when you're you're pursuing something, if someone's creative, if they wrote one book, it's like somebody would be like, oh, another book, another thing. And it's it's not that some people would be like, oh, they'll use a broad stroke term to be like, oh, this person's just a capitalist. They're just they just want the money. It's like, yeah, some, some people want the money, but in all reality, it's a way of life. Like if you don't take a shower every day or regularly throughout the week, like that has a negative effect. If you don't take care of yourself, if you don't eat regularly, if you don't drink water, if you don't breathe, that has a negative effect. So the things that um, people create, the things that people pursue, the things that people produce, like there's a reason why there's hundreds and hundreds of things sometimes people will say like oh like this over consumerism there's way too many things you should just stick to like a couple of things and it's like I think there is a truth to that for myself trying trying to be a minimalist but speaking with you I can appreciate now like the mentality that comes with I want to create because this is a way of life for me. This is something that feeds me because then it's not just, oh, this person's just greedy. So I'm just going to write them off. Oh, they just want, they just want my money. It's like, okay, well, can you, can, could I say that I don't want money? Could I say that I don't want attention? Could I say that there's nothing positive about that? It's like, if, if you're constantly looking for the negative, you're going to find it. If you're constantly looking for something to be offended about or amused about, like you're going to find humor or something you, you can find the good or bad in anything. And I think that's just a beautiful thing to glean from, from what you were just saying about just the need to produce, like that's where the light will come on you good or bad, but it's like, Hey, like something's going on here. Like, the past month or so, it's gone from one thing in the news cycle. It went from, okay, we have a war going on to there's this celebrity trial going on to atrocities going on. And then back Back to the celebrity trial, but I was like a part of me was like, hey, I have the option not to watch and not to pay attention, but it's there's something out there going on. And I'm I'm only bothered by it if I take away time from what I'm supposed to be doing or what it is that I enjoy doing. And I'm just going to put my attention here. Oh, why are they showing us this? It's like, who's they like? nobody's showing you like nobody's coming, opening my eyelids and saying, like, look, you have to pay attention to this. But then it just put back in my mind the challenge of saying, hey, if it's getting out of the house on the weekend or if it's staying in the house and recording with you, it's like do something that's going to make you productive, make you happy. In a sense, to where maybe you've got to struggle a little bit through it, but just do something to where when you go back to work on Monday and you're cutting up with um, your coworkers, it's not just like ah, oh, I did nothing, I just sat, did nothing. Every weekend's exactly the same because then it's like for me, at least it, it it can become bothersome to where it's if I wanted to do nothing and I did nothing, I'm fine with that. But when I keep retelling the same story that I don't enjoy telling, that becomes a problem.
1: No, I feel you on that one. Um, so this year marks 20 years since I graduated from high school, right? You're going to ask me this question. Does it feel like 20 years? No, it doesn't feel like 20 years because I don't have 20 years worth of memories to have to fulfill me on that one. It's sporadic. Most of my impactful memories that I have, I will say <laughs> that was effective and made me feel good daughter said say the same thing it's the year 2019 um that's the year i created the wandering that's the year i did a whole lot of events and venues that was a year i served a lot of people i got more impact from serving remember service to the many will lead you to greatness people want to be great but people don't want to serve so i don't i'm like a minimalist towards anything i buy or anything my girl buys me it has to be personalized i don't buy nothing that's like retail everything's personalized you know if it's a bracelet I'm wearing, necklace, personalized. I only wear crystals, tell you the truth. But other than that, I don't buy a lot of different things because I create everything. That's why it's hard for you know me to, nobody can't buy me nothing. The best thing they can actually do is buy something that's personable that came from them. Because I'm not into that, you know, that's not my thing. But I love to create for people and I love to be an inspiration to people. So they could be like, oh, if he can do it, I could do it too. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to be that one. Like I asked you before, you know what Besides me, any inventors, I mean, offhand, any good game board des- designers offhand, um, there's a whole lot of authors now. Everybody, I mean, you find authors a dime a dozen now. Yeah. But now, like, let me tackle to something else that's going to take you to do more thinking. I'm not saying that it doesn't take a lot of thinking to write, but it's kind of easier to come out with a book than coming out with games and stuff like that or inventions because it's more st- – I'm not saying that it's, anything is better, but it's more detail oriented. A lot of things, a lot of moving parts. But it's, you know, once you get it done, it's it's always uh, a breath of fresh air, and then you're able to teach, and that's the whole goal.
0: Yeah,
1: hey, somebody else. Not store all the information. Remember, education is to draw out of knowledge. It's to draw, not to keep information inside. It's to draw so that you can
2: pour, pour into somebody else. Mm. I like that. I um. I want to speak more about the, the game because when when you mentioned like actually creating a game, I'm I'm curious what that experience was like for you because when I think about it, you you mentioned it earlier. There are staple games that they've been around for a long time, but just that the the ability, I don't I don't know if you'd call it the stickiness of it, or just like games like Monopoly and like the evolution of Monopoly. Some people know it and other people don't, but called cash flow by Robert Kiyosaki being mm-hmm. like, okay, here's how you, you go from working with money, you're buying hotels and buildings, and then it's like, okay, now let's raise the stakes up a little bit. Let's do instead of just hotels, railroads, and this, like here's stocks, here's taxes, here's childcare, here's different things. Okay, like let's put that up. So like, how did you... How did you get into the game development to say, hey, I want to create a board game? And like, what what was the the motivation or the challenge that you were trying to accomplish?
1: Never on the radar until one Saturday morning. My daughter was asking me all these questions. And, you know, kids always ask questions. They ask you questions to death. And I kept getting answers to it. And she called me Dictionary Daddy. That name just stood out. I said that could be a that could be a board game. I could see that being a board game. So the question is, well, how, what what is the what is the motive? What, what's the purpose of having this game? Um, how can you teach kids and how can they have fun at the same time? So you look at different ideas what's out there, and then you try to put your twist on it. So I said, well, we could keep it like a situation where they are sneaking to go play video games, but in the meantime, there's different things that they have to go through through the through, through the board to experience in order to get there. Uh, Daddy is a person that he's he's all business. He's about reading. So if you get caught by him, you gotta sit with him. You gotta to read and until it's your next term so we my daughter and I we just started drafting out the different images things like that I had an illustrator that was on standby that was just waiting for the idea to be just pushed on so he could draw for me and that's the good thing too as well when you have your team that can that makes things go faster too I could come up with ideas I like, I want this I want that and then they come back with it oh that's what I'm looking for but another thing what I learned too and my daughter even said it I don't communicate with a lot of people on my team through voice it's all about texting and back and forth a lot of them are not even from the country and from different, you know, different countries. But you have to be an avid um, communicator to communicate ideally in detail of what you want. So it won't be no back and forth like, oh, no, I didn't want that. No. I, so we had to write everything down, the rules, write down what happens when what uh, when they do this. I had to create a, like a sample spinner and look at the odds. How I many? like, what's the odds of them picking this side? Is it 50-50? Is it 75-25? So it was a lot of different things that you had to really work in, moving parts before you get a finished product. But it was a fun thing because it was like we had this pursuit. Then I tried to pitch it at Hasbro and Mattel, and they turned me down. So then I'm like, oh shoot, I got this idea, I got all this stuff there. So that that was my that was my way in. And he said no. So then the question was like, what if you produce, produce it yourself? How would you do it? That was the question. Well, wh- what you need first? Well, first I need to print out the board game. All right, so you got to find out where to do that. I got to find out where I can print the cards at. I got to find out where I get the spinner at. Okay, that's great. Got to find out where I get the boxes. From. I had to find out how much it would cost, you know, the baggie up to different pieces and things like that. So every component, every different inch of that board game was mapped down to a science of a price. That's how I was able to price my game. I didn't price it in a way where I made mean, it so astronomical that they'd be like, you know what, I ain't paying for it. That's why you'll see a lot of games out there, they sell them for $50, $70 because the fact is it probably cost them about $25 to $30 to produce. And they only make about like $20 on top of it. That's why they got to sell so much. Whereas I think landing for now, and that's still expensive, is like $15 and I sell for $35. But I had to break that down to a science because I said, I would not want to come out with a game I can't afford to make a profit. Some people I've reached out to that had games out that made it new during the pandemic. And I reached out to them by email and they was like, yeah, we're not making we're not making any money, but it's it's good publicity in the news. I'm like, not making no money because the cost of them to produce is the same price that they're selling it for. Yeah. So it's like, all right, what are you gonna do for them? Even a card game. I created the card game by hand, the first sample. This is by hand. I paste and glue every piece on it, one by one, 75 cards. We talk about hands all messed up. I got tired of that. said, this is crazy, right? So then I'm like, I contact someone over in China. Now, I don't know if you've been following the news, but months ago, a lot of the containers from other countries was, was stuck at the docks. Mm-hmm. So a lot of stuff was backlogged. So I had to find another alternative. So I found another alternative. I had to find out what type of paper to use. Because the, the card that I was using was kind of different. You had to get the right type of paper. What type of print are you are going to use on it? You know, do you get the same card feel? Like, you get better and better as you go. Um where you get the boxes from?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, how much you going to price it? Things like that. So the journey was good. It's a beautiful journey. Uh, but a lot of it always comes from this idea of what happens if I do this. Start asking yourself questions and you'll see what answers you will get in return. Most people don't ask themselves questions. So ask yourself questions. You'd be like, well, what if I do this and this happened? Your mind starts to go to work for you and start to try to think for you. uh ask the right people and, and reach out to the right people.
2: Yeah. That's a great point. And I uh, It's it's funny because an idea popped up into my head, and it's like, but what if I get an answer? It's like, good. If you're if you're not comfortable with the answer, it's like maybe just do it anyways. Like just just try it. Like just try it. You're not gonna die. Like. If it's if it's something that might be threatening your life, ask again, they, maybe you'll get a better response. Yeah.
1: They, I mean, it's like I'm not jumping on no planes and doing no budget. Will Smith can have that. I don't need that. That I don't need that type of throw to prove anything wrong. But me, I'm like this, like, what's the worst that could happen? You learn a lesson. Yeah. You go through experience. You can help somebody. What's the best thing that happen? It may hit. It may be that one idea that just took you to millions.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. That's a great, not just a great idea, but also a a great tool to ask the question, but also take the time to write it out physically. Like you said, working on the cards, like physically pasting them together and be like, okay what is this like? And then it's like you got to the point, you're like, okay this isn't going to work. So like I still want to do it.
1: This right here. But, it, but I had to, it's one thing when you think in your head, but I had to feel and touch it. So the closest you could do is let me just cut them out and put them on a the car and let's play the game. Yeah. Let's see if the game actually works. Right. So it may work good in your head, but does it really work on gameplay? And I remember in the book, the guy that wrote, you know, the guy that came out with Phase 10, he came out with a book. And I remember one party said, they had to play it out to make sure that it made sense. And then his family members was like giving him tips and stuff like that. So I said, well, I want this to be the ultimate um card matching game, but it has a twist to it. Two ways to win this game. And I want a fast pace. I want it razzle dazzle. And I want it to go the distance. Those are the things that I want. Now let's put it together. And that's when I put everything together. I'm like, oh, this thing could get some competition, man. This, this thing is competitive. Like me and my girl, like she she up like five games to two on me right now. And she's making me mad because... I created the game. You know what I'm saying? She'd be beating me. So, but it it gets you, it gets you going. That's what I love about 2-1.
2: It sounds like you're getting ready to compete with Uno and Spades. It's like those, those are the main two games that I always hear. Yeah.
1: I, I will say this is up there because like each person gets six cards. You can match out on it, and matching out means you could win. You mm-hmm. could match out on the first hand before everybody even starts playing a hand, mm. or you could go to the distance and go through the whole deck, and then way And I had to create that. See, look, and when you're creating games, you got to look at all the what ifs. So I said, what if you go through the whole deck of cards? How can you determine the uh, the, the winner? Well, I call it sudden sudden death. So if you go through the whole deck of cards, the last person with the most most matches wins that that, that game. Mm. But then you got other areas where You can discard out and win, too. You can match out. You can discard out. You can routine wild card out. Man, there's a lot of ways you can get out of this thing. But it's like strategies. It makes you, you know, sharp and a little bit different. You know, not the color stacks of the Uno or the number stacks of the Uno. You don't do it like that, but it's a nice little twist. Uh, Phase 10, I don't know if you ever played, but it's 10 phases to win the game. I ain't got Mm -hmm. all day for that, but some people do. Right. You got to play every stage and every phase. But once again, can't come at the numbers. Number two in the the world. So somebody doing something right.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I like that. I guess where can people find um get a hold of your game and just get in touch with you if they want to connect or just be able to hear more from you?
1: Uh com. Once again, steve uh steve.co on IG and Steve the Legacy on Facebook mm. and Steve Legacy.co on TikTok.
2: Awesome. And one last question I have for you is are you still who you say you are? I'm just now meeting myself.
1: Mm. I've been waiting for him for the last 10 years. So before who I said I was, I didn't know who I was. I just knew something was more. I'm just now meeting myself now and seeing the capabilities and I actually can see what what he's made of. People don't know what you're made of until you get put to the test, the test of life.
2: Yeah, that's a beautiful story. Thank you for the time, Steve.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, sir.
2: You're very welcome.